Hi, my name's Tom, and welcome to Talk Hell, where I'll be talking to real people making real changes in their lives to move themselves closer to their health goals. All right, well, today we talked to Sharon Ringer, and she literally touches on almost every single theme of Talk Hell so far. The importance of self-care and mindset, giving yourself grace, and knowing where you are in your health journey, knowing your limitations, being realistic. You are not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. Think about what they call the medical field. It's a medical practice. Hmm. They are not God. And it's like, they are, yes, very well educated. You're very well educated. But at the end of the day, we need to understand how to advocate for ourselves. Again, it goes back to educating ourselves. All right. So today I've got Sharon Ringer and I met Sharon on Facebook. She's been so gracious with her time to to come on and share her story with us. But before she does, I do want to hear something weird or fun about her that, that maybe not too many people know. So Sharon, introduce yourself and, and let's hear that that fun or weird fact. Hi everyone. Um, so my name is Sharon Ringer and uh, fun factoid that people don't know. And I usually, if I'm not networking, I actually use these even as the two truths and a lie. Um, but what people don't know is that I used to have a ferret. What? Yes. Tell me, tell me more. <laughs> I inherited a ferret. My son was in college and his roommate, um, his roommate got the ferret, thought it was okay. And it got out and he almost got like, he got in a lot of trouble because it, it did, it got out and it went into someone else's room. And my son was like, mom, can we, can we help him out? And I said, at first it was, um, a definite no, because I'm like, I don't want a furry snake in my house. (laughs) And well, because they're long and furry and they have fangs. And I was just like, yeah, no. And (laughs) anyone that knows me knows I love my kids and I'm a little obsessive about them. Um, Helicopter mom. Yeah, no, I think I'm a hover. You know, I'm, 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 I'm worse than the helicopter (laughs) sometimes Uh... and they're grown, but, uh, yeah, so I, of course, I said yes. And when he came, this little thing was no longer than from the tip of my middle finger down to my wrist. And I'm like, he was the Aww. cutest thing ever. Because um, we used to have gerbils and hamsters and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah. I fell in love with him. But I, the, I kept telling his friend, hey, I'm learning about these ferret little thingies. And it says that they're very territorial. They're, they 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 kind of almost imprint on people kind of thing. And they get to know you. They want you. And his, at the same time, his mom, who um, she's kind of a clean freak. Like when I say she cleans, like her drawers, you can't even let them slam. Like it, she's very, 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 very like just tidy and everything has a place. And she's like, I don't want that thing in my house. I don't want it in my house. And so she even took me out to dinner. She bought everything for it. We had the best lobster with um, 
uh, that was like put inside of a steak kind of meal. It was it was a <laughs> meal for kings. She wanted to guarantee I was not going to ever let that ferret out of my possession until he could take it. Nice. And unfortunately, um, it just didn't happen. And when she finally called and said, I found a home for it because Drew was not going to, I mean, Drew was Drew. And uh, it was funny. And if he's listening to this, I love you, Drew. Um, but uh, he never got the ferret. And when she called me to tell me she found a home and I'm like, well, you have to get in mine first. Because at that point he had become mine and yeah. he was my heart. And when he got sick, and I didn't know what was wrong. It was hilarious because my I, I literally called my son crying and I was getting ready to, you know, get take out insurance to try to figure out how to take care of him. And uh -huh. my my son's like, um, mom, how old is he? And I'm like, he's about six. And he goes, How long do they normally live? Oh, till about seven or eight. And he's like, That ferret probably has had the best life any ferret could ever have. Um, <laughs> keep him comfortable and just yeah. And I yeah. heard him say that, and I'm like, I call my other son. I'm like, whatever you do, don't let your brother take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that ferret was just like he—he <laughs> he was. I would let him like run around and play, and he'd make this cute little sound. And I never thought I was going to be a ferret person because they're really smelly little boogers. <laughs> and it's like, but he was my heart, and I'm like, oh my god, I love that little dude so much. And when he passed, we buried him in the front yard and he gave me a sunflower. Oh. So it was just like, and it was just a random sunflower. We didn't plant sunflower seeds. They don't eat sunflower seeds, but there was a sunflower wow. where he was buried. So I was just like, I'm like, oh my God, the universe is definitely, you know, he, he was just, it was, he, he knew he was loved. Oh, that is amazing. So oh, wow. There's, there's the weird fun factoid about me. <laughs> and now you're a ferret person. No, I'm good. We won't do it again. Although I've seen them. I play with them at the pet store because they do have them here in Florida, but I, I won't bring another one home. I don't want to get attached again. Right, right. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, that is fun. That is fun. <laughs> well, Sharon, we brought you on. You have a story. You have an amazing story. Um, before we dive into that, I want to hear kind of where you're at now at the end of this story and, and what what's going on with you now. Um, so from a health perspective, you know, I always feel like we are a work in progress until we're not right. Um, cause no matter how wonderful things can be, there's always something that we want to work on. We are never satisfied with ourselves. So COVID definitely, you know, kind of did a little number with, you know, I found that I was starting to eat like things I wasn't supposed to eat again, but it's where I am now though, is just, it's so easy to say, okay, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to guilt myself because a lot of this was mindset. I'm not going to guilt myself um, because I ate things that I, I enjoyed it. Um, but now I'm going back. I was just telling my husband driving today. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for my smoothies now. And I'm ready to go on my, you know, overnight oatmeal and I'm ready to do my veggies. And I'm excited about it because I know what I'm going to get out of it. Whereas usually when people are changing what they call their diet, it's, it's drudgery. They, they regret, they just don't want to do it. And for me, it's like, I'm looking forward to it. Wow. How do you, how did you shift that mindset? Cause you're right. Everybody, anybody going into a quote unquote diet is it's, you know, it's a diet and, and there's almost like an, an end to it. But so how do you incorporate that and, and, and change your mindset around it? 
education. It really is about educating yourself and it's, and it's wanting to do better. And um, my friends know, you know, I'm Christian and I had to start thinking of, would this be, if, if I were to have, and I'll say anyone, whether it's Queen Elizabeth or Jesus or Mother Teresa or whoever, um, my most favorite person, would I sit that plate of food in front of them and give it to them? And it really makes you think about how you treat yourself, right? Because, of course, I wouldn't want to be, you know, like Audrey Hepburn, that's like, oh, my God, if I could meet her, well, back when she was alive, if I could have met her, that would have been like the cat's meow. I never would have sat a slab of ribs in front of her. I would have wanted to, like, create some decadent meal bring in a chef. I mean, I used to be an event planner. So it's like those foods that you would want to create a presentation. That's what I would want to give them. And I would want it to be lovely. And I would want it to be healthy and tasteful and all of these things. But yet I wouldn't want to do that for me. And that's why that's what really helped me shift that and educating myself on really what the food is. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But when you do, you should want to do better. And there's the trick. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and after you get that, that education, you learn and you dig mm-hmm. into that. It, it's, it's almost, it's hard to unlearn in a way. It is. Right? It is. Oh, wow. Okay. And so now, so you're, you're stepping into this. So what about shifting this is, is motivating you? How do you, how are you feeling as far as your health and energy and all that when you do, when you do set this up like that? So when I cheat, I know it. I feel it. Um, um, when we discussed earlier, that it, it's like I have an autoimmune. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune issue uh, called sarcoidosis, and there are different foods that create inflammation in the body. And sugar is definitely a trigger for that one. So it's like I can always feel it, and I can always tell. You know what? And again, conversation I was just having with my husband today. I'm like, I can tell that something's off because I'm craving certain things that weren't the norm for me, but because I fell off the wagon and again, I'm a work in progress. And with the holidays and, you know, and COVID and all of this stuff, I had, I had started eating things that, you know, Oh, I'll just do this right here. Oh, I'll just do it until it became, I'm like, Oh wait, I'm eating a lot more than I should. And it's like, yeah, no, once we get settled, because we, I explained to you, we just moved from Illinois. So all of that moving around, I was eating out a lot because we were just doing so much, plus running the business and all this other stuff. So I didn't have time to cook the way I wanted or to prepare the way I wanted. And that really knocked me off my game for a little bit. But it's like, now that I'm settled, I'm again, I'm so excited to get back into that regimen because I felt so good. I had a clear mind. I was more mobile. The inflammation was gone. The weight was down. Um, I had I had better energy. I was sleeping better. It was just an overall life changing just phenomena for me. Wow, wow. And I can imagine that's a pretty big motivator. Wow. Um, yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's. Let's rewind. Let's rewind for a second. Let's bring the story back and and what happened, you know, back then that that made you think that something had to change. What was that moment where you said, "Okay, this I've got to do something here." 
So the bigger piece that I didn't share when we were talking earlier was being 18 and losing everyone. Um, my mom died of kidney failure and 10 months later, I took my grandmother off life support um, because she died of breast cancer. And so as a kid, I spent my life in a hospital watching them and their health issues and understanding and seeing, you know, that all of the high blood pressure and the cholesterol and the this and the that. And it was just, it was constant. And now we fast forward to, I'm in the hospital, don't know why, um, because I kept having this problem. And like I was explaining to you earlier about um, sitting there and seeing in the hospital bed, looking at the foot of the bed as I, as they're putting the laudanum in my IV, and I see my son's face and it's just like, he's mortified because he's watching my face as I'm coming off of, because when they're putting in something that strong and your system isn't used to it, I mean, it first hurts going in and then all of a sudden it's like, that stuff's really some powerful stuff. I understand how it's so addicting because it was a major high. And to see his face, see me doing that even in that moment. And I, th that will be imprinted in my brain that I never want to see that again for anyone else. Um, because it's just, it's horrifying to see your child see that. And I knew then that it's like, that was the first thing of, you know what? I don't want my kids to live the life I had with watching my mother and my grandmother suffer so much. Because I mean, my mom was 35 when I, that was the last time I saw her. And it was hard to, and I didn't want them to, to go through that. So I started, you know, trying to figure out what is it that's going on with my body? And it's like, how can I fix this? How can I change it? And it wasn't until my, um, my 20th anniversary for my 49th, you know, I was coming up on actually the 30, that what was it? I, I'm doing the math, right? The, for the 30th birthday, the 20th anniversary. And I called my son one day and I'm like, cause he is, when I say fitness, it's insane. The kid can work out every day. Um, and then go play basketball and then go do, it's like, he just goes, goes, goes. He's that athletic. Like he's getting ready to, he's preparing for a tough mutter and he's in physical therapy for both hip flexors. Right. So it's like, oh my God, this kid is just like, he's, he is just, you know, so athletic. And I called him one day and I'm like, so what do you do to, you know, to, uh, get motivated? And we're on the phone and he goes, well, ma. How about you get on that thing that's a clothes hanger in your bedroom and ride it? Oh. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> like what? <Right>. <laughs> so I did, and I made it five minutes. And I'm like, yep, nope. And he's like, mom, get back on. It goes and you do five minutes today, you do five minutes tomorrow, and eventually you increase to 10. He goes, just do a little bit. He goes, you gotta start somewhere. So I got back on and within two weeks, I was doing an hour and a half. And then I had this brilliant idea that I wanted to run a 5K. I had never run before because what I didn't mention was that I had a double hip replacement on my left hip. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. I want to run. And I decided to train and I did it on my birthday. That was so the first ride when I got on the bike was January 6th. No, I'm sorry, January 3rd, three years after my, my surgery, my second surgery for my hip replacement. And I ran on March 19th and I ran a 5K. Wow. So, but in the process, I did the Daniel plan, um, which was that, that for me was a game changer 
because it wasn't about changing my diet. It was about changing my life. Well, tell me more. Tell me more about that. So um, his book, um, Rick Warren, uh, his book, he, I, the first chapter, he talks about how he had to baptize his congregation. And he realized that everyone was overweight, including himself. And he said that he wasn't even a good steward himself. And knowing his journey with how he's lost his son, because his son um, committed suicide, and he had to deal with that. So I can understand where, you know, I'm sure he probably turned to food too. You know, that's what we do when we're stressed. And he decided to partner with um, two doctors. And so I read about how it's, you know, the, so the Daniel plan itself, it's about when Daniel in the Bible, Daniel was one of the strongest men. And I'm paraphrasing, um, but what it came down to was the king like loved how strong he was and wanted to basically, you know, do this feast for him. And he says, no, I'm going to eat what my people eat. And it was the, and basically it was the slaves and they were eating the grains of the world and they weren't eating fat because they didn't have all of that. They didn't eat a lot. They didn't have a lavish lifestyle to have that type of food, but he was so strong. So I know that there's scientific data around that, that, you know, that what we put in ourselves, it does impact how we think, how we feel and the weight gain and how, the, you know, the certain foods that, um, again, creates, you know, inflammation in the body. Um, and you'd be surprised with um, just how much if you take out sugar, like when I took out sugar, um, it wasn't even a caffeine withdrawal that was killing me. It was the sugar. And my pancreas, because I told you that I was diagnosed with pancreas divisium, which is a birth defect, um, that is technically, a, a, it's similar to dealing with, you know, having issues with um, being a diabetic, because it's how my, you know, your pancreas is how you, everything gets processed. And it turns, you know, bread into sugar. And it's all bad, you know, and, and it's bleached sugar. So it's like, when I cut out all of that, I literally lost 40 pounds because I was pushing 200 pounds. And at five foot six, that was, and, and on the, on a hip that when they give you hip replacements, they tell you, you can only go to a certain weight. And I was starting to experience a lot of pain. And when I lost that weight, I felt amazing. Oh, that is, that is something. So, and did you do this all by yourself? I mean, yes. you went through the Daniel plan? Wow. Yes. It took three years to do it, though. I had tried two years prior, like twice. And I got through a couple. And it's, 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 it was a matter of me just setting boundaries for myself because it was no sugar, but like I like stewed tomatoes. And tomatoes in itself has sugar in it. So I had to really say, okay, here's the thing. Me cutting out the bad sugars was, was key. I would minimize how much sugar I had like in fruit or in vegetables because some vegetables have it as well. Just like celery has salt. People don't realize that celery is very high in sodium. Um, so it's like, it's just knowing where your limitations are. But when I cut out the bad sugars, when I tell you that it's just, it felt so good, but it was giving me headaches the first week I tried every time. And the last time I just was like, okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna wait and do it over the weekend and I'm going to cut it out. And, and that way I can just rest. And if I don't feel well, I can lay down as opposed to doing it during, and trying to push during the week. So there were, there were little things like little tricks I learned how to manage through it without having to suffer as much because it's really hard going through a withdrawal from like a caffeine or sugar. 
Absolutely. And it's super challenging. It can be painful at times, especially when... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so with along this process, what were what were some of the mistakes that you were making at the beginning that you really had to, to head off? Um, if so, any. So I kind of just went in full force with it. Where, yeah. like I said, the, the first the first two times I tried it, it was like, yeah, well, I'm just going to, um, I'm going to go in like, I mean, like a bowl, like just do it. And what I had to realize was that's, that, that's kind of what causes people to sometimes even fall off of, you know, when they're doing diets is that when you're cutting yourself off from so much, it causes you to trip up. So it's like, so I guess one of the mistakes that I found that I, I really was able to work through was giving myself that grace. Like I said, that last time I'm like, okay, you know what? I know there's sugar in tomatoes and stewed tomatoes, but I'm going to eat my stewed tomatoes. And if I got a frozen meal, I looked at how much sugar was in it. And if it was two grams or less, that's what I went with. And someone told me, you know, oh, well, you can't have honey. No, I'm going to put honey in my tea during this fast. So it's like, it was me finding what my limitations were, what worked for me to where I, I knew that I could be successful at it, if that makes sense. What works best for you? And that may not, that's going to be different for everybody, right? Right, right. Well, tell me, was there anything along this, this process, along this journey that, that you're going through now that that was surprising. Did anything really jump out at you? Um, I would have to say just one, just learning self-love and self-care because it's something as a mom. And so I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, you know, I'm a daughter-in-law, I'm an aunt, you know, all these things. And I just never took care of myself. And it really was interesting to see when I started learning how to love on me, um, how my mind just shifted with, you know what? I deserve this. I deserve to be loved on. So it's like, you know, if I don't want to eat a certain thing, it's like I was okay with it. And if I needed it, if, if I wanted to, tr uh, to treat myself to something, it was okay to treat myself to something. It was okay to just love me. So, and I didn't realize how much I wasn't doing that um, because my, my go-to was food. When, and especially because my past life, I was an event planner. So I was always, you know, eating different foods and I love lavish foods. And it was, I don't know. It, it just, when I learned how to just love me, I, I realized that it's like, you know what? No, I don't want that. I, I want to do this for me. It's so important. It's so important. Outside of the, the eating strategy there that you were, you were moving forward with, were there any, any other parts of that self-care that really, really helped maybe move everything as a whole forward mindset so one of the things I do even now um when I get up in the morning I'm listening to and my son started it with the whole motivational talks you know so I have so and of course the algorithms pick up on YouTube um but there's just motivational talks that really help with you know the mind of and and how you process things or how you do things and you know um I'm trying to remember what was today's because uh, it was, it was all about how the 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 basically what success looks like. The successful, those that are successful, they you can tell from the habits that they have, mm -hmm. and 
for instance, it's like you and and I oh I'm trying to remember his name and I can't I oh my goodness I see his face and I can't think of his name, <laughs> but he always says you've got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. Whatever this thing is that you want, whether it's financial success or good health or whatever the case is, whatever your drive that you're trying to achieve, whatever you're driving towards, it's like you've got to want it so bad that it you want it even more than you want to breathe. And when you can get to that point, everything else is secondary. And you, I mean, because they were talking about how, you know, when you're people are trolling on TikTok and it's like in a half hour later, you're like, well, what did you even see? And they can't even tell you what they looked at. And that's not the mind of someone who wants to be successful. So it's like, if I want to be successful at working on myself, my mindset to be able to persevere through those times when it's like, oh my God, there's a sleeve of cookies sitting right there and I want to eat it. It's like, I, Got, when you get up in the morning, I'm listening to something positive to keep me going. It's like, you know what? Nope. I remember what they said this morning, and that's what helps me through it. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's awesome. And that I can see how that would be so helpful, especially if you're doing that. Do you, Is that something that you're doing every day? Is that part of your routine to really set mm-hmm. up for success? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll listen to a second when driving in. All right. All right. Well, that is amazing. And are there any other sort of routines or habits like that that have sort of evolved over your your journey here that that really really help support you? Um, so I, I'm not doing it currently. I fell off the wagon when I started working on selling my house and moving. But Les Brown talks about it a lot, and he's saying to spend at least 20 minutes a day reading. So my routine used to be I would do my devotional first before I even got out of bed. And a lot of my friends know it when I'm doing it because I'll usually share it then on Facebook. Um, and it, it's it, you'd be amazed at how much people need that type of encouragement. Um, but yeah, so I, I do my devotional, then I will listen to something motivational. And I, you know, I used to read like the 20 minutes a day. Um go for walks. Those are amazing. Uh, And and it's just, you're going for a walk and you really just, you can either have dialogue with yourself with, you know, what worked today? What didn't work today? What can I do differently? Um, If it's a morning walk, it's just being present in that moment. Um, I used to do meditation and that was another piece that I was doing. And when I tell you it was, it wasn't like something like, you know, where it was Zen and all of that. I used a simple app like Headspace because we're really not aware of our surroundings and we're not aware of our bodies anymore because we're just go, 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 go. And it was really mind blowing to sit there when they said to plant your feet on the ground and literally feel the bottoms of your feet on the floor. And when you really think about, we walk every day, but we're so accustomed to that, that we don't even think to feel it. We don't, we are not in the moment anymore. So for me, it was, it was things like that, that I would do to help me get in the moment. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And I imagine that just, again, puts, puts your mindset in a place It it kind of brings you to the present, gets you Mm -hmm. set up for the day, allows you to reflect a little bit. That, That is, that is great. And even before you go to sleep. Yes. Yes. 
Oh, so important. Well, well, tell me, Sharon, is there anything that, you know, you want to share with the listeners or any tips or words of encouragement? You've, you've given so much, so much great insight here already. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll give it with, and even this is name is named after this, but it's, there's a, a quote that um, Audrey Hepburn, and I'm big on quotes. Audrey Hepburn says, nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. And we have to realize what we say to ourselves and what we speak to ourselves. I was just on a phone call today with a young lady. Her first name was Queen. And her last name, uh, I forgot what her last name was. Oh, I feel horrible. But when I was talking to her, I go, may I ask you a personal question? She's like, sure. And I'm like, is your name really Queen? And she's like, yes. I go, may I make a recommendation? I go, this life and death lie in the power of the tongue. And what you speak over yourself, as a man thinketh, so is he. I go, when you introduce yourself, you say, I am queen. And we don't understand just how powerful the words that we affirm over ourselves. And that's just... I, I can't say it enough. And that's why I named my company what it is, is I'm possible. Because when people say it, they're not really saying my company. They're saying they're possible. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I want to hear. I want to hear about this and, and what you're doing. I was, I was looking at your website and it's such, such great content on there. So tell us about what you're doing and, and, and really, you know, how this is making you feel like you're, you're living your purpose. So like I mentioned before, um, I, I was an event planner and don't get me wrong, I loved it. But it, it when you're worried about the shade of roses are, um, it's to me, it just wasn't, I, I, I didn't find any value in it. So even when I worked with my clients, my brides, I would always start with, you know, so let me ask you, what is your, what, what's, what's the alter, arterial motive for this day that we're getting ready to plan? And I would get the hottest looks because they're looking at me like, is this a trick question? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, just what's your goal for the day? And sometimes, it, and I think it threw them off so much so that they didn't really answer. And I'm like, what well, isn't your goal to marry, you know, marry this guy over here? You know, and it's like, I would kind of play with it a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, so with everything else, that's bonus. So let's focus on what the goal is. And that way, then we can take the shift off of all the shift off of all the drama. That nine times out of ten, it, I mean, it's just going to happen. But I found that it just—I was getting burned out, and I wanted to do something more purposeful. And I kept saying I wanted to do a women's empowerment conference. And so when I said I wanted to do that, I got challenged to do it, and uh, I decided to do masterminds to promote it. And when the conference came. We did it. It was great. It was stressful. Is I don't know what, but it was great because I'm a, I'm a planner. I'm an organizer, but a producer I was not. So getting butts and seats was a different breed of animal. Um, but got it done. And the last day, um, the women came to me. And they're like, "So when's our next mastermind?" And I literally was like a deer in headlights because I was just like, "Oh, I hadn't thought that far because." everything I did was really for the conference. So I told them, give me two months 
and uh, let me like figure things out. And I had the opportunity of meeting um, someone that just changed how I even looked at it because they explained to me what it was. And he wound up, it, um, his name was Bernie Dorman, um, and he was the mentor to Lisa Nichols, for those that know Lisa Nichols. So when she mentions this group that she's a part of, it was his group. And um, he, he pretty much, you know, we, we had an hour together to sit and chit chat, and I actually became club president for his organization for a while. Um, but he he blessed me with just explaining to me what that looked like, like a true mastermind. And from there, it's like, but that, so that April, I was like, that's it, we're in. Two months later, I incorporated, Impossible became, instead of Impossible uh, Women's Empowerment Conference, it was Women's Empowerment Collaborative because I wanted women to understand that they needed to collaborate. I want to change the trajectory of how women do business because we're taught to do business as men. And I feel like we're not walking in our own true authenticity. So I always say that men do business in the boardroom and on the golf course. And as female entrepreneurs, we don't have that opportunity to have, you know, to be able to do that. So we genuinely are able to sit and mastermind. It's like the, the stereotypes that they say women are, that's not true. These are some amazing dynamic women that's part of my group. And we all believe in the power of tithing into one, of not, one another. We help one another and we, we brainstorm and come up with ideas and we share. And it's in a very open dialogue, but it's confidential space. I make everyone sign an NDA. And then above and beyond that, we do, um, I have like someone come in and speak once a month on different business topics. Um, we do a little bit of networking. We have some speed networking. We even have one night where we just celebrate ourselves because as women, we don't do that. So it's, it's still evolving and I'm, get, I'm starting to do coaching because I also do goal setting, vision boards. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, I am not the jack of all trades or the Jane of all trades. Um, because I, I do believe in staying in my lane. But what's beautiful is the because we are such a diverse group of ladies, um, usually you get a diverse group of you know suggestions on how to run uh, do different things and run your business. Uh, well, Sharon, this is amazing. I just love what I'm hearing. And I can hear the passion when you speak about it. If if there are women out there that are listening that, that wanna you know, get a hold of you and, and contact you. What's the best way to do that? Um, they can definitely go on the website. Uh, it's uh, I'm possible without any apostrophe spaces or anything. So technically it's impossible, <laughs> um, but it's impossible W E C. So it stands for impossible women's apartment collaborative.com. Um, they can email me, which is fine too. It's Sharon at impossible W E C.com. Um, if they want to just have a coffee chat and get acquainted, because I love doing that, As I, I, whether you want to be a part of Impossible or not, I love to meet people because you never know who may need your services. Um, so it, that is where they just bit.ly backslash chat with Sharon and the C and the S is capital. And then, uh, yeah, that's, or if you want to be a guest, because I, I never... Um, ask anyone to pay the first time they come because I really like to make sure that it's a good fit for everyone. So if they would love to even just attend a mastermind, um, they're more than welcome. And it's the, the website and then backslash um, guest pass. No hyphen, no space, no nothing, just guest pass. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope some of our listeners do take advantage of that. Sounds like an amazing opportunity. And 
And Sharon, thank you so much for hanging out with me and spending some of your, your valuable time with, with me and sharing your insights, your story. This is, there were so many, so many great insights here. So I oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's any, any opportunity I can get to share with women on how they can just, I mean, everyone, but for me, it's, it is about women's empowerment because we, we have to take care of those men and make sure we're around for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Well, what an amazing conversation with Sharon. I think she touches on every single theme of Talk Health that has come up so far. The giving yourself grace, the importance of self-care and mindset, knowing your limitations so that you can set realistic goals. Amazing. Amazing. And she talks about her routines. So things that have helped set her herself up for success over time here. And so what were those? What did she do? A few things that stuck out to me were in the morning to really get her mindset, you know, in a place where she wanted to be, she would listen to motivational YouTube or podcasts or something to really get her in that, that, that right headspace. Speaking of headspace, she mentions headspace, the meditation app as well, which is awesome because I have to use that one as well. There's Calm and Inside Time and a bunch of meditation apps, but I have to use one of those because I never know if I'm doing it right. I have to have somebody guiding me through it. So, so very cool. Very cool. Also, she mentions going for walks, something simple, getting out into nature, very, very important for your health. And one thing that, that really resonated was that 20 minutes of reading a day. I know I can't go a day without reading, but it, it, it does sometimes get me into trouble because that 20 minutes turns into 200 minutes and now it's way past my bedtime. All right, yeah, I have a bedtime. And then I'm up too early and my sleep is all, met. it's just not good, not a good situation. So boundaries, that's what I need for me, me, boundaries around reading. But I love it. I love everything about that conversation. And I hope that you got some insights there, some things that you can you can take home and move forward with. Keep in mind that these are things that, as she mentioned, she's not doing necessarily all of these at once, right? She's getting back into some things here and, and really focusing on this now. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Remember that. And again, give yourself grace. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. If you enjoy Talk Health, help me share these conversations with more people by rating and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to subscribe. If, however, you don't like the show, ignore that last bit. Also, join the private Facebook page where you'll find content to assist you on your health journey. But more importantly, you'll get the support of our community so we can all help each other make real change. Just search Talk Health Community on Facebook and request to join. I'll see you there. Finally, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or treat any disease. Okay. Well, we'll talk soon. Bye.
I totally forgot that one of the points I wanted, I did want to mention was advocating for yourself. Go on it. Tell me more. Because, oh my God, it's, I'll never forget my doctor telling me that um, my cholesterol was high and it was in the danger zone. And unfortunately, I can't take any statins. So he's like, well, I have one pill for you. And I'm like, oh, well, what's the side effects? And he was like, oh, well, he goes through the laundry list. And I was okay until I heard it can cause pancreatitis. And I looked at him and I'm like, okay, so considering I have a birth defect, do you really think that I need to take this? And he goes, well, what are you going to do then? And I literally was speechless. And then everything that went through my head, I can't say. <laughs> and then I told him, Michael, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And I did. 